When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Tom Bernard Show with co-host Catherine Brandt, Andy Brandt Bernard, Dave Schrader, and Mike Molina. And we'll be right back. Tom Bernard Show. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically we're trying to represent people who have been hurt and talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the key is, is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. Well, it works. It's been good. <laughs> it's been good, ladies and gentlemen. It's been good. And how do they contact you? And, uh, e- either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant. Bradshaw and Brian. Due to the billions of marketing dollars spent by Walzer Automotive on Tom Bernard Podcast, you hopefully know that Walzer sells cars. What you might not know is that they also have two full-service collision repair centers in the Twin Cities. They're fully certified by all insurance carriers and can help you navigate all the paperwork if you ever have an accident. But wait, there's more. They've also been in the paintless dent repair business for nearly 30 years and can take those pesky dings out for just a fraction of what traditional body work costs. Broken windshield? Walzer Collision is a fleet of full-service mobile glass repair trucks as well. Walzer are pros at body and glass repair, but don't take my word for it. They have an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau and a nearly perfect 4.8 Google rating. Check them out at walzercollision.com. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. One of my favorite songs. The only number one song that Eric Burden and the Animals ever had. Which is hard to believe. They had so many big hits. Yeah. I thought. But they had hits, but they weren't big hits. They had one big hit, and that was it. House of the Rising Sun. We went and saw him. 
Yes, I've met Eric several times. Uh, spent a lot of time with Eric Burden, and every time I see him, he has no idea who I am. <laughs> and that well, time at Medina was no different. I was with you guys. I brought oh, you back yeah, there. Yeah, that's yeah, right. You, you were, were there. Me and the yeah. big Ukrainian. Well, yeah. In his defense, he's probably met about 400 million people. In his defense, he's probably done more drugs. <laughs> yeah. Cocaine's a hell of a drug. I'm trying to be nice. <laughs> Cocaine's a hell of a drug. He was, he, was tip, he was tipping back the Sutter home that night, I remember. Oh, well, fancy. He had the Sutter home going. Yeah. The What's Sutter that? home wine. Yeah, he had the four <laughs> pack of the little bottles. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. That's uh, so. I, I think the world of Eric. I literally interviewed him on stage in Las Vegas for an hour one time, and he doesn't remember any of it. <laughs> Whoops! Well, Whoops! It's amazing that he's even upright and still singing. Well, that's true. Great singer. <laughs> he's a great singer. Very great voice. Yeah. You know, you know what I'm saying. In any case, Eric Burden, one of my all-time heroes, and nice memory. That's all I know. He did say something very interesting that in that uh, Vegas interview. He said um, that he thought uh, um, the Tudors. Remember that show, The Tudors? Uh-huh. He said, it's really amazing because I consider the Tudors to be the Sopranos in antiquity. Wow. <laughs> That's what he said. <laughs> the Sopranos in antiquity. Yeah, basically, yeah. I agree. Well, that's what they were. He's a very smart guy. Very, very smart guy. It's just he's burned out a few uh, brain cells. That's all I'm saying. A few brain cells missing and such Allegedly. Yeah. Very nice guy, though. Really, really nice guy. Uh, In any case, um, 28 today and 40 tomorrow in Minnesota. That's Mm -hmm. Heat wave. 28 today and 40 tomorrow in Minneapolis. Boom. A tropical heat wave. Make sure you have lots of the blue stuff in your car. What's blue stuff? The windshield wiper stuff. Oh, that stuff. Whatever. Yeah. What's it called? Windshield, windshield washer windshield solution. Wiper. Oh. Blue. Well, that's yeah. a lot of words for one thing. True. Right? Uh, <laughs> tell you what, I wish wipe. I owned a car wash. Oh, God, yeah. Yep. Today and tomorrow, you'll be yep. washing a lot of cars today and tomorrow. Well, if you ever want to invest in one... Uh, I would put one in Golden Valley, Minnesota, because there isn't a car wash within 25 minutes of us, I don't Closest think. Closest one's on Louisiana and 394. Isn't that ridiculous? It? Yeah, there's not a car wash anywhere near there. Uh, this guy, Walter White, is selling one out in, uh, I think, uh, New Mexico. New Walter White? Does it come, <laughs> does it come with meth? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Wasn't it, didn't, weren't they using that as their shield organization? They had a uh, uh, the car wash they bought out from his old boss on Breaking I Bad. I believe that's true. Yeah. Oh, I'm breaking bad. That's yeah. Right. So, that's, well, that's what I meant, really. Mm-hmm. Thanks for getting my subtle hint. Well, oh, that's really nice. <laughs> it's close to North wash. Minneapolis. Well, Molina, just keep collecting all those big radio checks, and, man, you'll be able to buy one in another 20, 30 years. <laughs> it's indeed. Indeed, it's true. Um, interesting story here. I want to see what you guys think of this story. Trump administration administration members are hailing their newest idea as a bold approach that would save the government billions of dollars and feed more than 38 million people in low-income households. But critics are calling it an approach that's prone to failure. Well, just because it's prone to failure doesn't mean it's going to fail. President Trump's 2019 budget plan was released Monday, and in it was a reference to America's harvest box. Politico reports... 
a container of non-perishable food, canned fruits, meat, peanut butter, cereal, that would replace about half of the money received each month by food stamp recipients via SNAP. The USDA claims the program, which would apply to about 80% of SNAP recipients, would save about $130 billion to the taxpayer over 10 years. I don't know why they haven't been doing that since the very beginning. That's how they started out doing it. There was government cheese and government... Yeah. I like how when mom leaves, she just, you know, quietly closes the door. (laughs) Slam! I don't know where she even went. Lady Subtlety. But when I was a kid, there was government cheese and government peanut butter, and there was all that stuff. You know, they just get cash for no, some they, reason. Well, they can get it from ATMs even. They can go right to ATMs and get it. Huge mistake. Uh, White House OMB Chief Mike, uh, Mick Mulvaney excuse me, raves that it would be similar to high-end meal service Blue Apron. Officials also said it would fight fraud and ensure people are ate better. But anti-hunger advocates are pushing back, pointing out logistics issues, the lack of certain foods. There's no fresh produce or meat included. There is two meat included. There's canned meat. What's wrong with canned meat? Get a little spam cooking? Nothing wrong with spam. And stigmatization. Stigmatization by who? All the other stiffs hanging out on the corner? I think there would be less. Looking for reasons. Wouldn't there be less stigma? There'd be less stigma if you didn't have to go to a store and pull out an EBT card. Or food stamps, right? If you were able to just get the food delivered to your door? I think it would be a much better... But because who who would know if it's Blue Apron or, it, or if it's uh, America's Harvest Box? Right. They wouldn't know. We get the food delivered to our house all the time. I mean, what, how many... Like a couple of times a week, don't we? Back in, you know? Yeah, we did. Until yeah, you did. decided you wouldn't do it anymore. Well, it was all that hippie food you were ordering. Yeah, something had <laughs> kale in it, so we had to stop the whole new, thing forever. A new box of weeds just came to the door. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, you had to eat uh, the kale. Nobody said you had to eat the kale. This week, we've um, got some dandelions and some excellent exactly. oak leaves. Oh. Exactly. You sound like the people that work in this Holy- building. <laughs> Cannot yeah, go to the true. bathroom. Oh, no, God, no. I thought oh, they no. could go. That was the problem. No, that's, yeah, that is the problem for the rest of us that do not eat kale. <laughs> These pipes are <laughs> cleaned. <laughs> Holy mackerel, Kevin Concanon, who headed SNAP under former President Obama, tells Politico, I don't know where this came from, but I suspect that the folks, when they were drawing it up, were also watching silent movies. Other problems critics foresee, <laughs> mom and pop stores losing business, rural families not having uh, having access, and people with food allergies having issues. As for the Blue Apron comparison, the Washington Post notes the Blue Apron serving costs about $10 per person and has fresh meat and produce, while a snap meal costs about $1.37. Concannon doesn't think Congress will okay the plan, telling Politico, the chances of this happening is the same chance of me captaining the next spaceship launching from Florida. Go ahead, get on it. Sounds good. I think it's a great idea. It worked before. It'll work again. Uh, once again, these are people, we're, we're $20 trillion in debt. We've got to stop. We ran the numbers this morning. There are about 270 million people that are 15 to death, okay? We started at 15 because uh, that's when a lot of kids get their first jobs, you know, other than the paper boy, paper girl, something like that. But um, everybody from the age of 16, if they have a job, 15, 16, to death, pays taxes. Or they're supposed to pay taxes. So here's the problem. 270 million people, right? We're $20 trillion in debt. 
That is $63,000 per person. Now, obviously, people 15 and under, we're not going to include in that. And we were very generous giving them 60 million people, okay? We looked up the numbers, but 60, 60 million, somewhere right in there. And uh, we were also generous with the population, saying there are only 330 million people in the United States when there are actually probably about 350 to 360 million people. Okay, now here comes the, the shocking statistic. So basically, 270 million people are of taxpaying age in the United States. So when all people are considered, it's $63,000 per person. But when only taxpayers are included, it's $173,000 per person. Oof. That means about 40% of the people aged uh, 15 and up don't pay any taxes. That's amazing. Is that unbelievable? That's Anna? crazy. Only only 40%. I think I, I just said it wrong. Only 40% of the 270 million people that are tax paying age pay taxes. That's hideous. I don't understand how that even can continue on. We can't continue on. We can't have 100 million people sitting around on their ass not doing anything and not contributing to society. And then they complain about income inequality. It's like, In, well, yeah, yeah. when the, a third of the country isn't even working, that'll happen. Yeah, I mean, that's the whole problem. People don't want to work. Well, why don't I they? Think, uh, America... I'm sorry, I was just going to say, Tom, you know, especially when you're talking about like the food services, why are we shutting down yeah. farmers and paying them not to grow crops when we have people starving yeah. in our country? Why aren't we providing those crops to homeless shelters and helping so that that's the, the government subsidy instead of more cash, which would start to help us dig out of debt if we started reallocating the monies that we're paying to sources to not grow food for people that are starving. When I was a kid, I had to go stand in line for food stamps once mm -hmm. because my family was on food stamps for, for a short bit. And I used to have to go and stand in line for food stamps, which was humiliating, to say the least. And it took forever to get them. Right. Because the lines were very, very long, really, really long. This seems to me to be a much better way of handling it, to deliver the food right to their door. Right. America's Harvest Boxing, again, it's a canned fruits and meat, peanut butter, cereal, good stuff, right? It'd be good stuff. That sounds like a good now, plan. One of the problems I have is that one of our great listeners to the morning show sent in some audio because when I was a kid, they were actual food stamps. They were like a book of stamps, and that's mm -hmm. what you would use to get the food. Then it became an EBT card, right? Kind of looked like a credit card. Mm -hmm. Well, now you can use an EBT card at an ATM to get cash. Have we lost our minds? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's not what the system was designed to do. No, it was not. So I got, we got uh, some, I'm not saying it was a cop that sent it to me, but I just, yeah. <laughs> Well, why, sure don't, why don't we do the cop that's in it? these community, you know, for people that are having a hard time finding a job and they, they don't have money for food and they don't have this, and I'm not trying to be uh, cold or callous on this, but why aren't we doing community mm -hmm. gardens where people are working and, yeah, and yeah. making the gardens run so that they can help feed the people in their community and their own families? There, there are. I mean, Minneapolis has quite a few community gardens. Do they? Well, they're yep. neighborhood gardens. They're not yeah. community. I mean, they're not run by the city. It's just neighborhoods that come together and build. And, and uh, on empty lots, they put gardens. Yeah, in. but I think that the city has to allow you to probably. garden on the empty lot. That's probably true. So I think there's something to do with the city. That is probably true. 
So uh, just quick re-reference to that audio that was sent to me by a... I'm almost certain it wasn't a cop. There was a guy called that called his brother and said, Hey, man, grab my ABT card from on top of my dresser. Go down and give me a 1000 bucks because I need the bail money. <laughs> we paid this guy's bail money with an EBT card. I'm pretty sure EBT cards weren't meant to be bailing thugs out of jail. Isn't that amazing? And this guy has the has the seeds to say, oh, I don't know where this came from, but I suspect that the folks, uh, when they were drawing it up, were also watching silent movies. So you think it's better that uh, people can steal money from the taxpayer by going to ATMs, Kevin Kincannon? You think that's better? Kevin Kincannon doesn't have an argument. He just doesn't like it because of where it's coming from and has to say something derivative no. or der- divisive Der-a- yeah derogatory and divisive it's absolutely true i think Kristen has an ebt card right Kristen, you have an ebt card how no. did you know are you on food stamps <laughs> no i'm not not that there's um, anything wrong but with that there's nothing wrong with that and but I, you know what i thought that was the whole like it's like blue apron here's my one thought about this and i don't know if anyone's given the thought to this like a lot of people who are low income often move a lot and sometimes are transient and sometimes don't have homes. How are we going to know to get those boxes to them? That was my big question. Well, it would have to be somebody that had a permanent address. That would be the only Not necessarily. You could send them to community centers and they could go pick them up there. Yeah, that makes sense. Oh, Amazon yeah. has yeah, lockers true. or whatever where you could just have it delivered to a locker and then they give you a yep. code to open it. Yeah, the problem could fall so in. We, like, and what the other was thing, that? are they going to make like ketchup a vegetable? like they did with school lunches. Oh, my <laughs> God, I hate ketchup. Well, and will, will they start running these scam houses where they're, you know, saying that there's 200 uh, immigrants living in one house address like they were doing with the IRS a few years ago where they were skimming, right, right. and all this food shows up that they just go collect and then they resell. Well, you know what? You're always going to have somebody who's going to take advantage right. of absolutely everything. There's, there's no nothing. There's it. no way you're not going to have the scammers. I'll talk about a, a guy I talked to yesterday about scammers. You'll love this story if you hadn't already heard it. A guy named Kevin Bolzen, who used to be an NFL player. Uh, we'll be right back. Kristen Bird has joined us, Tom Bernard Show. I'm Brad Huckle, president of North American Banking Company. Ask one of our bankers what they love about business banking. They always say the relationship with a client. Case in point, True North Oral Surgery and Implants is a longtime customer with a growing practice. Their banker, Julie Marshall, knows the ins and outs of what they do. So when they need working capital, an equipment loan, or funds for expansion, they call Julie. Are you looking for a banker you can count on? Give us a call. This is Tom. Why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company? A better banking experience. Member FDIC, an equal housing lender. If you've noticed your vision getting cloudy, blurry, or dim, or having more difficulty seeing at night, you could have cataracts. Tom here for Whiting Clinic LASIK and Eye Care. Whiting Clinic is best known for their fabulous LASIK results. You've heard me rave about them for years, but did you know they do much more? They do, and I'm here to tell you about my wonderful experience having cataract surgery at Whiting Clinic. I'm at that age where my vision started to fade, so I called up the folks at Whiting Clinic. They helped me out right away. My cataract surgery was super easy, and thanks to the Whiting Clinic, my vision is top-notch once again. Of course, Whiting Clinic has the most advanced lens technology and vision options available, so I can see far away and up close without wearing any glasses. If you've been told you have cataracts or you're wondering why things just aren't as clear as they used to be, call the experts at Whiting Clinic or go to whitingclinic.com to learn more. See the folks at Whiting Clinic in order to see your very best. And don't forget to tell them that I sent you. Man, please don't go. 
There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. So, we're talking about people loving to scam other people out of money, and we're talking about people, you know, whether it's 200 people living in the same house for tax reasons, or it's this, that, or the other thing. Scott Bolzen, former NFL player, was on uh, the morning show yesterday, and I interviewed him. He, unfortunately, um, tripped in the bathroom at work. Apparently, somebody had put a cleaning, uh, you know, those buffer machines. They hung it up on the wall, and it was leaking oil, and they didn't notice that it was leaking oil. So when he came in the next day and walked into the bathroom, he slipped on the oil that had leaked all over the floor, slammed his head into the uh, into the tile, you know, that ceramic tile, Mm-hmm. and uh, cut a six-inch gash in the back of his head, woke up. By the time the paramedics got him to the emergency room, he had lost 46 years of his life. He doesn't remember anything wow. before his head hit that, uh, that floor. doesn't remember anything. When his wife showed up, he didn't know what a wife was. He didn't know that she was his wife. didn't know anything at all. He could not remember anything at all, so they're rebuilding his life now. He was a great guest. But I'd asked him a question, and he said, uh, well, I'll tell you what he said. I said, Scott, I have to ask you a question. How many people have come to you now that they know you cannot remember anything uh, before your accident? You can't remember anything. He's only 49 now, so he can only remember three years of his 49 years on Earth. I said, how many people have come to you and said, Scott, I hope you remember this, but I lent you a lot of money? And he said, oh, it happens all the time. How scummy is that? Yikes. People people like free money. This guy can't remember anything for 46 years, and they're trying to scam money out of him by claiming they lent him money. Oh, my God. Because he started a a place, I think he, um, oh, God, what was it? He started a jet company. And I can't remember. So he's done very well in his life. So oh, they know well, he that's has, why. Yeah. And they know he has money. So they're all hitting him up. Oh, yeah, I, I lent you money back in the day to start. And he can't remember if they did or not. But it's highly unlikely. Well, unless they have a promissory note, then I right. would say no. There Sorry. should have been some kind no of contractual agreement in that deal, yeah. Yeah. Right. What a shame. So but, you know, a- kind of exciting to get that chance to re-examine and, and relive all these things with kind of that new car smell to it, yeah. right, and all of those experiences. Yeah, you wouldn't be jaded. Yeah, the only one problem to that is that is one of his daughters had died, and he doesn't remember her. Oh, so that oh, that's sad. Yeah, Very I mean, it's, it, there, there's an interesting thing. There are funny things to the story. Uh, the book is called "My Life Deleted." By the way, it's called "My Life oh, Deleted." I've heard, yeah, I heard of that. Yeah, Scott is a great guest. We should have him on the show, as a matter of fact. Living Without Memory. Cassie, um, if you're listening. Oh, she's listening. <laughs> Cassie, Cassie, she's telling listening. me to sit up straight in my chair, pay attention. She's listening. It's B-O-L-Z-A-N. Scott Bolzen is his name. Great, great guest. But, uh, yeah, he uh, – what a story. But but the the fascinating thing to me is how many people have come to you and said, you owe me money, and he said, oh, lots of people. Lots of people, because they know I can't remember if I do or not. Well, then uh, give me proof. Otherwise, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Otherwise, you can't uh, really claim that, can you? That is it exactly. So, Kristen. Yeah. I can't remember. Have you ever been on the show? <laughs> Never. Never. <laughs> this is my first. First, first day on, the, on show. the show. Yeah, it's my debut. She's I only showing up, though, because you owe her money. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. You owe me, I believe... I think 3.5 million. 3.5 million. Is that all? 
That's all. It, that, that's that, it. What she rounded it down from $5 million at least. Yeah, see, there I you did. go. I did. Mm-hmm. Very nice you of you. Um, Kristen, people are just shoving this Black Panther down my throat. They're like, you got to see it. Well, you got to, it's going to be. I don't like superhero movies, but everybody insists that I go see Black Panther. What do you think? Um, I'm going tonight, so I can let you know next week. How does that sound? Good. Excellent. Because I don't, I don't like superheroes. I don't, I don't like superhero movies either, so... Right. I'm I'm right there with you. So, uh, but I'm looking forward to this one. I will say that I like Lupita Nyong'o, so I, I, that's what's getting me into the seat. Yeah, well, there you go. See, I, I just um, I went and saw Deadpool. Thought it was one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my life, and people love Deadpool. They love. Did you like any of the Avengers nope. or like the last Thor was really good? Nope, never seen him. No. I liked Superman when I was about four years old uh, on television. <laughs> that was about it. I didn't like any of the Superman movies. I did like the fact when Marlon Brando was in the very first Superman movie that he asked if he could be played by a bagel, a talking bagel, because he didn't want to show up on the set. <laughs> he said he would just record his voice, and they could have a talking bagel, because he was from another planet anyway, so who would know the difference? <laughs> well, why a bagel? Like, why not a donut? Or, like, well, I don't more. know. An apple fritter or something. I got a bagel. I brought this up too. I uh, I I love the movie The Chase. Robert Redford's in it. Jane Fonda's in it. They're both very young, very beautiful young people. Robert Redford and Jane Fonda. And Marlon was such a big star at the time of The Chase. He plays a sheriff in a town. Eli Wallach uh, is the rich man in town, and he kind of runs town. His name is Val Rogers. And Marlon was such a big star. And by the way, Angie Dickinson played his wife. She was stunning as well. But it was so weird to watch a movie when Marlon intentionally did things. So you'd go, what? What did he say? He literally would be like, I was going to turn that dress and put the red dress back on and go and tell Val Rogers that you uh, give give back the green one. (laughs) You couldn't understand anything he said. (laughs) And he was doing it on purpose. You could tell he was doing it on purpose. Amazing. You ever seen the movie? It's called The Chase with Marlon Brando. Nobody's ever seen it? No. No, I haven't. It's a great movie. You will see there's a kid in it who's about 12 or 13 years old. And his one line in the movie, uh, a woman says something about uh, this. And she goes, uh, that young boy, is, it's, it, it takes place in a southern town. That young boy is going to need my daddy. My daddy's a lawyer. And his 13 or 14-year-old kid says, he going to need a better lawyer than your daddy. And it's Paul uh, Williams. Remember, oh, yeah. Remember Paul Williams? He used yes. to be on The Tonight Show all the time. It's about a 12 or 13 or 14, maybe, year old Paul Williams. And he's got one line. You go, oh, my God, that's Paul Williams. That's amazing. I remember him from The Muppet Show. He used to be on all the time. Paul Williams? No, yeah. He was the yes. uh, musician behind the soundtrack for a lot of the Muppet programs. Mm-hmm. Great, great songwriter. A really great songwriter. He was. There's no doubt about it. But... Uh, that, I love that about movies, watching people and, and the nuance they try to use or, or things that they would do uh, on camera, just because they were such big stars, they could do whatever they wanted to do. Uh, another thing, apparently, that, that Marlon Brando did a lot of is that he, he would not learn his lines. He refused to do it. So you would have to walk around with his lines, like, 
safety pin to your shirt so he could just read them off of your shirt. (laughs) (laughs) What a nut job. That's all I have to say. What a nut job. So other than Black Panther, so Black Panther is supposed to be really good, though. It's supposed to be fantastic. I'm really looking forward to it, and I'm never looking forward to superhero movies. So I'll give you the whole skinny um, next week and let you know whether I think you should see it. Because I'll, I'll, you know, I'll know if you're going to want to see this or not. Even uh, if it's great, I'll be like, oh, Tom will hate this. Yeah, well, that's true. Now, David, Mike, are you going to go see it? Yeah, I'm planning on it this weekend with my son. Uh, so no. You like, you, no, you're not going to want you. I'm, not, I'm like you. I'm not a, I don't know. It's just not for me. This is the I age can't of nerddom. Why? Yeah, it kind of is, isn't it? Yeah, so I'm digging it. All the stuff I, out. yeah, all the stuff I grew up I wanting to, to see is out now. When I grew up, there was plenty, and now it's like it's back again, but nothing really has changed. So I'm like, meh. Right. Now I would say this: I, I, when there was something campy like Batman on television, I loved Batman on television. Right. But that wasn't a superhero movie. It wasn't all this. Bold and brash, and it was all BS. And <laughs> well, then you'd like Batman and Robin, which everyone hates except me. Oh, really? It's got Mr. You're Freeze. You're the one that likes it. Oh, like it's Mr. got George Clooney. Yeah, it's George Clooney and, and the Batman. nipple it's, suit. It's also. It, yeah, that's true. That's one problem. <laughs> that's right. He's got nipples on his suit, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah. I don't know why they did that. <laughs> that's right. I forgot about that. He's got nipples on the old chest plate. Good thing you remembered. Yeah. Well, well actually, they said that it was supposed to be more like the old Roman gladiator shields because yeah. the the oh. armor that they would wear the was to plates, yeah, yeah was to represent the real you know human yeah. form. So I Deal. think that's what they're going with. Everybody was attacking Schumacher for it being a gay reference, and that uh, he spent too much time zooming in on the cod piece and the nipples on the bat costume. <laughs> but then again, it did have Alicia <laughs> well, Silverstone, I mean, so yeah, that was a plus. The Romans were pretty uh, happy with the human form. Yes, they were. Especially the male human form. Well, now that break that, that breaks the ice and opens the door for me to ask Kristen about... Uh, now you have tons of people who've decided to take it upon themselves to recreate the penis of the shape of water creature. I saw that, and I thought <laughs> Jones' face of the creature was like, well, that wasn't what I was expecting to come out of my character. <laughs> <laughs> it's because furries are all insane. They are. They're uh, nuts. But you knew that you knew this was going to happen. Oh, yeah. If you've seen the movie, you sit there and you think everyone starts thinking, well, how did they have sex? Like, how did that happen? And well, you someone was like, I'll, I'll show you how it happened. Well, especially since they, are, they referenced how in the movie. Well, they didn't reference. She said how. Remember? She sort of opened up her yeah, hands. Kind of opened them up. Yeah. I mean, it started off as kind of a, like a vagina, but then it revealed a penis. Is that correct? Uh, yes. If well, you... well, I mean, that's kind of what they, she said. Yeah, Spoiler they alert. <laughs> yeah. Have you seen? I know. You just ruined the whole movie. Have uh, you seen the replicas? No. no. They look just like a human's penis, except for it looks like it's rotting away. Ooh. So Ew. it's not real great. Nobody <laughs> mm. uh, <laughs> wants that. So for those people fantasizing that. about zombie sex, Nobody they now that. know. Yeah, well, there's, yeah. you know, people... penicillin. Yeah, well, some people think he was a very sexy fish. I didn't really understand that. Based on what? I don't know, because sexy. people are just weird. <laughs> because Doug Jones Maybe emotes what well. About if, if people know it's Doug Jones, and we oh. like Doug Jones, and yeah. then they think, like, sexy, and then 
you know what I mean? People have a perception of like who the person is behind the fish. Yeah, yeah that's <laughs> true. Well, unfortunately, fish don't reproduce the way that they think, so they're going to be disappointed. <laughs> yeah, that's sorry. true. Doug Jones what is to one spawning? of the yeah. Doug Jones is one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet, but the touchiest, feeliest human on planet Earth. Oh, really? Yeah. He likes to grab you? He goes to a lot of the sci-fi and horror conventions to do signings, and I've met him, and oh, okay. I've interviewed him, and whenever I come up to see him, and he does it to everybody. It's not just me, but I mean, like, if you are in his bubble, he just hugs you and holds you and strokes your face or your head, or he's just one of the most... Yeah, I know, it yeah, seems weird, like but that. when he does it, you're like, hmm... I don't know if I should be enjoying this as much as I am, but he's just such a, he's, he doesn't put off like a creeper vibe. He doesn't put out any kind of weird stuff. It's just literally, you can see this guy's like sensing every nuance and it doesn't come off pervy at all. And he's just, but he's one of the sweetest guys I've ever had a chance to meet. Well, that's nice to hear. Yeah. That there are decent people out there. I just was surprised with with all the sex gate going on that there haven't been massive complaints because I gotta guess if he's like that with fans and everybody that he that people haven't complained, but you you don't hear it. And I think that's because he truly does put out just a a a real hippie love vibe that's not icky at all. So that's nice. I mean, yeah, if if you're doing it in the right way, yeah. you know, and you're like, I would love to be hugged by him. You know what I mean? And then everyone's just like, it's fine. Yeah, there is an approach out. of like doing it right and being yeah. really creepy and gross. Now, Kristen, do you find the fact that they've released uh, Fifty Shades Part 95, it's, it's kind of a weird time to put <laughs> that movie I out, tell isn't it? You, I'm so happy it is over, the trilogy. We didn't need the first movie. We never needed the book. Um, I'm so glad I don't have to cover this ever again. <laughs> and I've never seen on screen have less chemistry and the whole movie is literally about sex. Yeah, yeah skip skip very, the very trilogy true. and just see the movie uh, Secretary. That's what this whole thing is based on, right? Yes. Yeah, with Maggie yes, Gyllenhaal. Really and well done with great performances. Right, it was a beautiful movie. Very well done. And make really? sure you don't go to see Secretariat because it's very different. Right. Very different. <laughs> Secretary, Secretariat. A whole different or, deal. Or Maggie Gyllenhaal. Yes. Or Maggie Gyllenhaal. Well, <laughs> Two totally different things. That's right. Yeah, because Ma- Maggie Gyllenhaal was in Secretary and it was Sarah Jessica Parker in Secretariat. Right? Oh, ouch. Oh man! Thank you. Can thank we you talk very about much. that feud with her? I do. Control? We got to take a break, <laughs> but I want to come right back and talk to you about that feud. And we have a special guest coming up, and we'll be right back on Tom Bernard Show. Just like all of you, I had been hearing about my pillow and was skeptical that it was as great as everyone says. Well, I received my first my pillow, and I love it. It's very comfortable. Stays in that same exact position all night. Fantastic. Mike Lindell, the inventor of MyPillow, has a very special offer for Tom Bernard Show listeners. MyPillow is offering more than 50% off his four-pack special, which includes two premium MyPillows and two go-anywhere pillows. If you're looking for a great night's sleep, now is the perfect time to get your first MyPillow. If you already know how great the MyPillow is, why not give them to everyone you know? Call 800-516-5146, use promo code TOM, or go to MyPillow.com. But make sure you use promo code TOM. Call 800-516-5146 and use promo code TOM. That's 800-516-5146, promo code TOM. This is Tom, and I want to tell you a story about camping. A guy named Tim, his back pain, and his angry wife. You see, Tim went camping with his family, but he aggravated his recurring back problem a couple of days before when he was golfing with his buddies. His wife had to set up the campsite and do all the heavy lifting, and Tim couldn't do a whole lot with the two kids. Tim was not a happy camper. 
and neither was his wife. The following Monday, Tim's wife got him an appointment at Hopkins Health and Wellness Center, a DMR method clinic. Their team of physical therapists and chiropractors figured out what was really wrong with his back, quickly got him out of pain, and taught him how to keep it from coming back. And what did Tim say was the biggest benefit of finally handling his back problem? Happy wife, happy life. DMR clinics are a group of physical therapists, chiropractors, and allied medical spine specialists that can help you feel better fast. They have a 96% success rate. It's covered by insurance, and you don't need a referral. They have convenient locations in Hopkins, Woodbury, Rogers, and Blaine. For a free consultation, go to dmrmethod.com. That's dmrmethod.com. I believe in miracles. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. Kristen Burt with us in Los Angeles, working like a mad woman. It's all she ever does, Mm -hmm. just works and works and works. It is. I do. It's a very busy time because we're in Oscar season. Shoulder to the wheel. (laughs) That's right. Uh, I just read an article yesterday on this show, as a matter of fact about how they try, they keep trying to change the Oscars so people will watch them because their numbers are dropping like a rock. Well, maybe yep. try making them about the movies and not about your feelings. And your, po- your politics. Happen. Not going to happen. That would be good. Why don't they just have a four-hour red carpet and people would watch? You're right. Yeah. I, I would probably even watch it. If they did a four-hour red carpet, I probably would watch it. But to see people... And you know what's weird? They did. They added thirty minutes to the show this year. It's going to be four and a half hours. Oh God! Oh, Why? God. Do I don't this? know. I don't. I mean, like, listen. I'm really whining about it. I'm like, I don't know. It's just, when I heard that, I was like, thirty more minutes. I'm like, cut it back. Do a swift. You know, if you can do a swift three hours, because I don't think they can do anything shorter than that. Um, yeah. It's great. But it's why the SAG Awards are fun. It's like two hours. You're in. You're out. And you're home. Yeah, that's great. And you're out of your high heels. Well, why can't oh you do God. the red carpet program where Backing you just have you you introduce each? You know, okay. Here's our here's the nominees for this year's best picture. They each come up and do their little bit. They go stand at the end of the carpet, and then somebody steps Love out it. and says the winner is, and hands them their award, and then they can just get in the car and go to In and Out Burger and don't have to go back in. I like I like See? the whole call. I'm Speed totally it through. down for that. The very first Oscars in 1929 took only 15 minutes. They all had dinner drinks and then went home. So it can be done. <laughs> sort like of it. the Olympics this year. Is this something new? They're um, handing the winners at the end of the event panda bears, and then they go and have a ceremony <laughs> later. They have done this quite a bit at oh, the Winter have. Olympics. Okay. It started back in Salt Lake, actually. Um, they did the ceremonies, kind of the medal ceremonies, I should say, in kind of like the town square, so everyone could kind of come and attend. Okay. I feel like it's a little bit anticlimactic, though, because when you've won the excitement of winning and then getting your medal right then and there, there's so much emotion there. Otherwise, you're waiting like five hours, and then you go to the you know, the medal area and get your medal. It's kind of weird. Yeah, I, I, I was just, I, for some reason, I've, <laughs> I've, I've watched the Olympics, the Winter Olympics, plenty of times, but I've never noticed this, but, you know, them hopping up on these little platforms in the middle of nowhere, and here's your panda bear, bye. Well, I think that's because it's they used to... It's weird. Here's your panda, congrats. They used <laughs> to give these temporary medals. Those wouldn't be your medals that you'd see them award. And then they right. take them yeah. back from the, the, the athletes. So maybe it was degrading to them to get it and then have it stripped from them. And then they'd have to wait weeks for it. So maybe this is kind of the, I don't know, maybe this is kind of their holding pattern. So here, you know, hold this. This is your uh, Willy Wonka golden ticket till you get your actual medal. Uh, maybe. Not I, that it I makes any more sense, but yeah, we can. Uh, I want to, yeah. 
to get like a stuffed animal too is kind of <laughs> I don't know. I'm just not. <laughs> I'm not loving it. I don't know why. <laughs> well, who do you think is going to win the gold this year in? Um, Genocide. You think it'll be Kim Jong Un or <laughs> Kim Yo Young? Because one of the two are going to win it. Because I still can't believe that they were raving about. Oh my God, she's the star of the Olympic. She's a murdering scumbag. What is wrong with you people? All of the headlines, like all of the oh. tweets, and they were like, "Look, she's giving everyone side eye. She's the queen of moon." And I'm like, guys. <laughs> You're rewriting a story here, and this is not a good story. No. What do you think drove that, Kristen? You've been around the business your whole life. Why do you think places like the New York Post, the New York Times, CNN, were just raving over this Kim Yo Young? She watched her brother murder her other brother. She watched her brother feed his, their uncle to dogs, and all of a sudden she's oh. this charming, just, oh, she's the belle of the ball. What? Everyone is looking for the enemy, and everyone's looking for a good angle when it comes to social media. Everyone yeah. wants something to go viral, and it, I, I, it really drives me nuts in terms of like people actively trying to have that viral tweet or that viral photo. And it's annoying because I'm like, you are rewriting history. You're overlooking the facts of what is actually true and what we know. Um, and as you were saying, she is a murderer. I'm like, stop it. Because, you know, if you don't like what's going on in the U.S., don't rewrite what's happening in North Korea either. Right. No, I agree with that. Well, we've been but setting ourselves... For... I was going to say, we've been setting ourselves up for this for decades. That's why they brought Dynasty back. All the strong women have always been violent, <laughs> cheating murderers. So, of course, we're prepared to love these people. <laughs> Catherine's never cheated. Sure, she's murdered people, but... No, I have not. <laughs> no, she hasn't. She's so murdered. violent. Yeah, she's yeah. such a violent human being. Only when I need to be. It's all true. <laughs> but were we talking about just before the break that we want Kim to Cattrall and part? Sarah Jessica Parker? Oh, oh yes. the feud. The the feud between mm. is it all three of the other ones and Kim Cattrall? Do they all not well, like her? Backstory on this, and you have to go back to the early two thousands, where when they were shooting um, the TV series on HBO, there was a lot of like press and like Page Six and some of the tabloids saying that it was three against one and that Kim Cattrall was always kind of like the woman, you know, odd woman out. Kind right. Of thing. Um, and that Sarah Jessica Parker didn't like her that much, thought that she was difficult to work with. So she would have the writers, because she was a producer on the show, she would have the writers write things uh, like the older storylines about menopause or trying to kill her character, Samantha, off by giving her breast cancer. <laughs> she felt like it was humiliating. Um, and she felt like it was a mean girl atmosphere. So fast forward to now, um, you know, they had done two movies. One was decent. The second one was terrible. They wanted to do a third movie, and Kim was like, I'm out. I'm not interested. And because that Kim decided not to do the film, the entire thing was scratched. So all of the cast kind of ganged up a little bit on um, Kim on social media because they all wanted to do the film because, of course, it's a nice payday. And I think she just finally was like, enough. I'm just tired of this. And Sarah Jessica Parker's the ringleader of all of that. Right. She said, you're not my friend. I, I you know, <laughs> I, we, were, we were co-workers. You're not my friend. Stop pretending you're my friend. You're not. Because didn't uh, Kim Cattrall's brother die or disappear or something? 
Uh, her brother died, yes. He, he did disappeared die. And, and then he died, but it wasn't mysterious circumstances or anything. I think it was natural causes, and he just, the family couldn't get in touch with him. Oh, but, okay. okay. Um, she's obviously in grief, and grief is a weird thing. Like, everyone wears it differently. And, of course, she's lashing out because she's in a lot of pain. Mm-hmm. So probably not best to do it publicly, but at the same time, um, I think Sarah Jessica maybe might want to look back on sort of the history and what a lot of people are saying, you know, she did gang up on her. And the other issue is, is that Sarah Jessica is part of this little New York posse that, like, Kelly Ripa, Anderson Cooper, um, Andy Cohen are all a part of. And Andy's like, Sarah Jessica Parker is totally fine. It's, you know, Samantha, uh, Samantha it's Kim Cattrall that's who is the problem. So you don't really need your friends adding fuel to the fire on any of this. The woman right. is, like, mourning. So just kind of let her be for now. Exactly. I, if she doesn't like the other people, it's her business. I, I don't understand I don't understand oh, any of them. I'm sorry. I saw the first movie, and they're so, they were awful. I mean, it was awful. Was it? Ugh. All it was was product placement. They were just, it was just like ka-ching. That's all it was, in my opinion. It was just like, let's make a ton of money. Yeah. And they went to Dubai, too, and there's a lot of, like, weird stereotypes and bad jokes that if you look back now, you would just totally cringe about, like, women in the Middle East and things like that, that you just, they sh- probably shouldn't have been written some of those right. jokes. You know, speaking of that, since you're a Hollywood reporter and entertainment reporter, I need you. I've never wanted to meet an actor or actress before in my entire life. If I did, I did, and it was great, and whatever. Like, I got a chance to meet Peter Falk, and that was wonderful, but it was just, a, you know, he was booked on the show. And but, but there's a guy I really want to meet, and if you could set it up, and you just reminded me of it talking about Dubai. Um, mm-hmm. Do you think you could, you could set it up so I could meet Robert De Niro? Robert De Niro. You don't like Robert De Niro. I'm going to punch him right in the face oh, if I ever meet <laughs> I am. I'm going to punch him right in that big old nose of his. Ooh. He has the mm-hmm. nerve to go to Dubai and say that he, he's from a backward country. You disgusting pig. Oh. I hate him so much. I used to I love know him, you too. Do. We've talked about him a lot over the years, and I'm Ugh. like, don't like him. <laughs> I used to love the guy. I thought he was wonderful in Taxi Driver. I thought, you know, obviously Godfather 2, he was fantastic. Some other, what, Midnight Run, what, was that what it was called? Yeah, with uh, Charles Grodin. Yeah. Right, yep. with Charles, Charles Raging Grodin. Bull, Goodfellas. Raging Bull, fantastic. Rocky and Bullwinkle. Yeah, played the same thing over and over and over again. Well, he's always been the same character, in my opinion. But now he he has the nerve to go to the Middle East and call the United States backward. <laughs> yeah, we don't throw homosexuals off the roof, and we also don't imprison women for trying to get behind the wheel, okay? So let's not be calling the United States backward in the Middle East, shall we? So I want you to it's a set little that dramatic. Up. Just just set it up. Say, hey, Tom really wants to meet you. And then when he's hospitalized, you can go, oh, I didn't know he was going to do that. I had no idea. Evidence. We have the receipts, Tom. I know we've talked about this. <laughs> you would be true. so busted. And then I'm going to try to talk Catherine into pushing uh, Meryl Streep down. So I'm that'll be good. I'm not pushing Meryl Streep Why down. Why not? Come on. They can shut up about America. I'm She's... sick of it. She's doing it. She's doing herself in. I think she so stop. many people can't stand her, and she used to be like such an admired actress, and mm-hmm. everyone loved her. And now it's like a lot of people have turned on her. That's too bad. Maybe they should shut up and just read other people's words and listen to what the director has to tell yeah, them and this, be quiet. This Harvey thing has not helped her. No, not too much. Mm-hmm. 
Can you feel the love tonight? (laughs) (laughs) Tonight. Although, isn't Robert De Niro in this? Bernard, the musical. I love it. That one episode? Me pushing people down and punching guys in the face. That'd be a... What an entertaining musical that would be. How about putting peanuts in somebody's (laughs) face like Peter Rabbit? No, it wasn't peanuts. It was blackberries. Oh, yeah, okay. Come on. You got to get it right. Don't ever throw a blackberry at a cartoon character because people get furious if you do it. (laughs) Apparently, one of them went in the guy's mouth. Mr... What's his name? Mr. McMonkey, or what's his name? <laughs> I know that you said that. No, his uh, name is Mr. McMonkey McGowan? or something like that. I think it's McGowan. <laughs> that it sounds McGowan? right. It's something like that. Some British Rose name. McGowan, yes. <laughs> Rose Not McGowan. Rose McGowan. <laughs> the guy who, you know, Peter Rabbit throws a blackberry guy. The character guy. name. Yeah, and the, the character's oh, name. the character name. <laughs> it's Mr. McMonkey, I'm almost certain. No. I used to work with a guy named McMonkey. I love how people take offense for cartoon characters. There was they've stopped. You don't see Speedy Gonzalez anymore, Porky Pig, or Elmer Fudd because the speech impediments. We were unfair to people with speech impediments. And when you go to Mexico, they love Speedy Gonzalez. They embrace that character. But we're all overly PC for it in the United States. We got to stop showing Speedy Gonzalez. I loved Speedy Gonzalez when I was a kid. Mexicans did too. Mexican, yeah. Right? They did. They, they do. When they they, love they it. canceled Speedy Gonzalez originally in like the '60s or something, and uh, Mexico was like, "Bring him back," because you know what's wrong with him? He's fast and he always outwits the uh, the opposition. Right. So you know what's the bad part of it? And he never takes siesta. It's old McGregor. It's because it was an old, old white McGregor. Jewish guy doing the voice. That's what they didn't like. He didn't Mel do Blank. all those voices. <laughs> Mel Blanc did. He did just about every voice there was to do. Yeah. And every voice he did was a parody. So there's that. Right. Yeah, that's true. I mean, bug, rabbits don't talk like Bugs Bunny. I'm deeply offended. Did you ever hear when he had that car accident and was in a coma? They couldn't get through to him. They were afraid they, he was going to slip away. The doctor came in and had an idea and asked the family if he could try something. They're like, Sure. He sat down on the edge of the bed, and this is a true story, and he said, uh, yeah, I'd like to speak to Bugs Bunny. Is Bugs Bunny around? And Mel Blanc goes, eh, what's up, Doc? And started talking to him from the coma in the voice of Bugs Bunny. What? He was able to access you know that part that? of his memory. Yeah. That's wonderful. That's crazy. Yeah, That's isn't how it? crazy the brain is, too. Yeah. I love Or how about, like, people sometimes they're in a coma, and then they wake up, and they're speaking a foreign language right. that they've never spoken before. Yep, that the, that happens. Makes too. no sense. That young girl. There's a young girl that's doing it right now. She wakes up. She goes to bed speaking uh, American English and wakes up speaking with an Irish accent. <laughs> that sounds like she wants attention. <laughs> no, that's brain it's damage. True. They've actually, they've said that it's a form of brain damage. That uh, people that do this foreign mm-hmm. accent language. I mean, there's a difference between like what Kristen was talking about. There are a few people on record who've come out and able to speak complete foreign languages, not just do a, a shoddy um, accent. But they found that in some brain uh, altered people that they they start speaking with what sounds like an Irish or English accent, and that's just because that part of their uh, vocabulary, that part of their brain firing off, is is mm-hmm. altered. Man, we talked about I've talked about this before. My sister had brain surgery. Luckily, it was benign. But she had brain surgery, and she she left the uh, operating room. She was speaking French, and she doesn't know how to speak French. Hmm. So basically, the doctor said she she had there were a few words that she'd heard in French, and she was just inventing words that sounded French. She wasn't really speaking French. <laughs> Pretty interesting. Sacre bleu. You know, every time I look up, 
Kristen, <laughs> it, it, your work day's over. What do you work, like two minutes a day? No, I'm actually on my way to shoot 50 Minutes Inside, which is the French version of Entertainment Tonight. I'm going to talk about the Spice Girls. Oh, I love so, the Spice Girls. I'm on my way to set. I love, you the, love Spice the Spice Girls. Girls. I know. I do. I love them. Of all things. Um, <laughs> do you think, before we go, do you think that after I punch him in the face, Robert De Niro will speak with an Irish accent? I'm pretty sure he will. All right. We'll talk to you next week. <laughs> you bet. Bye, guys. Bye. Thanks a lot. We'll be back. Tom Bernard Show.